It's Empty Wheel Friday on the Nicole Sandler Show. It is. And it it makes Friday an even better day than it already is. So Marcy Wheeler is with us every Friday. Marcy Wheeler, of course, from EmptyWheel.net. And this, uh, the final week of February, was a big one. The Supreme Court on Wednesday finally ended three weeks of suspense when they surprised most of the legal experts, deciding to hear the former guy's ridiculous claims of absolute immunity in seven weeks. Yeah, so we got that going on. Uh, Meanwhile, as we speak, Judge Cannon is in Florida uh, holding, I guess, the fate of Donald Trump's trial in her hand. Uh, What else? Uh, uh, Mitch McConnell now has a minority leader expiration date. Trump and Biden had dueling photo ops at the southern border yesterday. The government will not shut down today. They kick the can down the road for one more week like that'll make a difference. Oh, and Hunter Biden finally sat for that deposition. So without any further ado, Marcy Wheeler is here from EmptyWheel.net for another edition of Empty Wheel Fridays. Hey, Marcy. Um... Before we start, the, 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 the cast is off. The foot is freed. Well, the cast had been off, uh, but they went in to take the screw and the three plates out. And so I'm back in a, I'm back in a, in a walking boot. So um, now I own four walking boots. Um, I paid for just one of them. So welcome to Ireland. Uh, yes. And I discovered a lovely new hospital uh, in, in Limerick County. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was as good as any hospital I've been to in the States. It was, it was only two years old and it was efficient and it was lovely. And I did what I do when I go to hospitals and tell them that my mother-in-law used to be a nurse and that she's from a town really close by. (laughs) And they say, and in this case, the nurse was like, Oh goodness, I just bought wellies. I bought my son a pair of wellies from uh, from your family's shop the other day. So. What what are wellies? Wellies are those big those big rubber boots that oh, okay. um, Irish farmers wear in <laughs> in mucky fields. So um, Wellingtons. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, those the, the okay. big knee high boots. I, I gotcha. So uh, here we are. You know, we've been waiting not so patiently for uh, weeks, actually three weeks, to get the the Supreme Court's answer on whether or not they will take up uh, Trump's ridiculous immunity claims or do what we all thought he, they were going to do, which was hoped, just hoped that they were going to do. That they I, mean, were I think do. Steve Loddick said that option three, the one they chose, was among the two likely ones so they ch- and 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 technically they gave um jack smith his second choice his first choice was just let us start the trial his second one was treat this as a writ of cert so that you can hear it this term trump wanted it heard you know in november or something uh so that's where we're at is they are going to hear this this uh this appeal on absolute immunity in April, April, in April, the week of April 22nd. Now, um, that is the final week of this term of the Supreme Court's live testimony. So they just tacked it on to the end. Could they not have done sort of what they did 23 years ago in Bush v. Gore and and get to it immediately? Do they not see the urgency here? Yeah. And right. They could have done this in December and chose not to do it in December. They, they uh, Jack Smith said, please take this case. It's going to end up here That's anyway. Right. They're like, no, no, no. Just go to the D.C. Circuit. And they went to the D.C. Circuit and now they're back there and it's going to be April. And so if they decide on the last possible day 
right? So if they decide this term, which sort of they left the expectation that they should since they're arguing at this term, right. then uh, then the decision would come down on June 28th because the 30th is a weekend, Sunday, I think. And so you would add 88 days to that to schedule the um, the beginning of trial. Now, uh, Judge Chukin might start start like the pre-jury selection before that, but you would you would have Trump starting trial then around September 24th, right in the middle of campaign season. So, you know, he thinks it's a huge win, but it nevertheless means he may be doing the January 6th trial during the campaign. Now, before, as you said, we're taping this in in the in the morning, morning here in Arizona afternoon for you. Right. And it's like noon in in Florida time. And Mm Aileen Cannon is holding a scheduling hearing and she requested both sides to provide uh, schedules to her. And Jack Smith said, do the trial in July, right. which would work really well with what we think might happen with the chicken trial, because you do the trial in July and then Trump would go immediately to D.C. and start his next criminal trial. Uh, Trump being forced. Trump said, look, you know, we're, we're the leading candidate uh, of you know, we're the leading presidential candidate and therefore having this trial at all violates the justice manual. Now, scheduling trials is not governed by the justice manual. People may recall that um, Paul Manafort had a had a trial scheduled in 2018 that would have taken up much of that pre-election period. And to get out of it, he basically pled guilty uh Yanked prosecutors changed, didn't really cooperate and then was pardoned, you know, um, not yes. very long after. So um, judges and, and Chicken had had suggested that she would be happy starting a trial in, in August. So I don't think Chicken is going to say I can't have a trial that conflicts with the campaign. Um, who knows with Aileen Cannon. Um, but in any case, so Trump had said, okay, we can start in August, but Stan Woodward, who uh, viewers may recall represents Walt Nauta, mm-hmm. he's saying, I've got vacation scheduled in August. Oh. We can't do this. I don't know what he has. I don't know. Maybe it's a different trial, but he says he couldn't start until September 9th. Um, so one possibility is that Cannon is going to say, well, I'm scheduling first, and so I'm going to take this window, and then she could schedule out, you know, um, we won't know. In fact, I doubt we'll know today. But um, but anyway, she's making those decisions. She has of late been a little bit less bizarre, a little bit less pro-Trump. She actually um, she actually issued one ruling that went against Trump, and that had to do with uh, Walt Nuata and the other guy, that the IT guy at Mar-a-Lago. They wanted to see the classified documents, and she's like, no. You don't, you don't need to Actually, see these, she, right? she she issued two rulings like that. She said they don't get to see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trump doesn't get to see Jack Smith's argument for withholding other things. OK, so um, so she ruled correctly on SEPA. Had she not, then Jack Smith would have immediately appealed and gone to the 11th Circuit and she would have been spanked again. Right. We're waiting on another uh, another ruling from her about whether she can like basically expose witnesses to threats. Um, so it, you know, she's still t- trying to figure this out. But one thing that I think I said this last week, but one thing that is worth remembering is that it was only very recently where she saw all the documents in question. Right. And so, you know, maybe that won't change her mind, but 
you know, maybe that plus Robert Hur's distinction between what Biden did and what Trump did, you know, he's a right wing Republican. Uh, we don't we we don't know. One other thing that viewers should know is that um, on the I want to say the 22nd. So last week, mm-hmm. Trump submitted uh, and we may have talked about this last week, but he submitted his motions to dismiss two of those go to this issue. One is he repeated the same immunity argument that he made in D.C. Um, Only this time it's even crazier. It's the argument that you've seen Cash Patel make, but we have witnesses we know that that rebut it. Right. Uh, The fact that Trump was treating that Iranian document he had uh, in New Jersey as if it were still classified uh, debunks this. But Trump is claiming, oh, yeah, I I just mean, he's literally claiming I converted all of these classified documents, boxes and boxes and boxes of classified documents. I made them my own Mm -hmm. while I was still president. And then I took them with me. And if you don't like it, I'm immune. So he, his current defense in Florida is that he stole boxes and boxes of classified documents and he's immune for having done so um, because he was once the president. Now, that decision came down and then the Supreme Court ruled. So one of the things that the Supreme Court knew when they ruled is that there will be a second immunity. There would be a second immunity claim coming through Florida, coming through the 11th Circuit if they don't resolve this now. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to I mean, and, uh, you know, I don't want to be generous at all with the Supreme Court. They should have taken this case in December. They should have taken this case with no delay. But there is genuinely an issue before them now, which wasn't before them with just the D.C. Circuit opinion. I mean, the D.C. Circuit opinion, um, and you got that clip, right? That yes, I, I do. People. Yep. That, so uh, one of the things that happened in the D.C. Circuit case is Trump's people were saying, what about if somebody decides to prosecute Barack Obama for approving a drone strike on Anwar Awlaki? Remember the uh, the dual citizen Yemeni American right. cleric who was tied to AQAP that was killed in a drone strike in, tw- in 2011. So um, Trump is saying, you know, we'll just go prosecute Barack Obama. He does, If he doesn't have immunity, then he can be prosecuted for murder of an, another American citizen. And if, if we've got the clip, you'll see that Jack Smith, the, the, the prosecutor here, his name is James Pierce. His response to that wasn't really um, very satisfying. Okay, so here here's the clip. This is from the D.C. Circuit Court hearing. Uh, we have the, the audio of that. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby. And that's the wrong one. <laughs> Sorry. This is, this, that's not James Pierce. No, that's that Donald Trump saying the laws allow a baby to be born into the ninth month. We've got to stop that. OK, no, this is what we're looking for. Your brief, you raised um, some sort of lesser immunity potentially applying. Want to speak to that? I do. We don't think that's uh, uh, comes into to play here. I think the, the point was in some sort of more challenging cases, uh, it might be that um, where a president is operating under uh, extraordinary time pressure has to make a very difficult kind of national security type of, of decision. You know, do I go in and uh, commit this kind of uh, do, we, do we order the, the drone strike under these circumstances? You know, a president will often have a cadre of lawyers to uh, advise him or her. The lawyers say, uh, Madam President, we'll get get to a memo in in two months. That's not going to be enough in that situation. If there were a drone strike, civilians were killed, that theoretically could be subject to some sort of prosecution. Um, 
as, as murder, I think that might be the kind of place in which the court would properly recognize some kind of immunity. But that is, of course, nothing like what we've got here. Uh, I, I sort of take the former uh, officials brief uh, discussing the vesting clause to talk about the kind of the nature of uh, charges when they focus on, again, subverting the electoral process. At a minimum, there's going to be there should be no type of immunity that covers that. So are you saying it should be a case by case balancing in each case, whether there's immunity or how how does this work as a legal standard? So so we think that it should just be as the district court held finding there is a balancing under Fitzgerald, right? That's our, our view. You start with this. Right, question. It goes on what? like that. Is that the, yeah. that's the crux yeah. of it, though? Right. So the first judge is is Michelle Childs. Uh, the second judge is Lawrence Pan, both Biden appointees. And um, and they offer James Pierce again. Uh, he's the prosecutor arguing for Jack Smith. They offered him the opportunity to say where, you know, how do we how do we distinguish the killing on Warwalaki case from this case? And he said, in this case, it doesn't really matter. And I, I think you can make a fair argument that the D.C. Circuit opinion didn't clearly enough say this opinion only only applies to this case where Trump was obviously not engaged in a, you know, like I had when when the opinion came out, I said, go blossom game or go big. Right. Jack Smith asked them to go big. And this opinion didn't delimit what happens with a drone strike case. OK, and um, on appeal, Trump's attorney said, what about the drone strike case? So and Jack Smith's response, again, didn't really uh, adequately respond to that. And then when you've got the stolen documents case where Trump is claiming he literally just stole boxes and boxes of documents, um, which, you know, again, this is I, I, all along. I've been saying Jack Smith raised some interesting hypotheticals that are interesting because they're very close to things that we know happen in real life. Mm -hmm. So um, one of them was the abuse of the pardon power. That is an official uh, act that the president is guaranteed by the Constitution. But we also know that Trump violated, you know, he 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 was he was giving pardons to silence people like Paul Manafort, the aforementioned right. Paul Manafort and like Roger Stone. Right. Um, and so I said from the beginning, maybe Jack Smith wants to charge these things. Like maybe Jack Smith says, I've got these five things that Trump also did. We found evidence in Mar-a-Lago. We'd like to charge him, but we're not going to do it if we, unless we know whether we can do it. That's kind of this hypothesis I've had in the back of my mind. Another one of the hypotheticals in there, though, is that Trump was selling nuclear secrets to our adversaries. Again, not all that different from Trump openly blabbing about our targeting of Iran. Same thing. Like, you know, when Trump says, here's the satellites we've got targeting Iran, that helps Iran. Like, you know, there's not enough discussion right now of the degree to which all the blabbing that Trump did as president, which were which was unprecedented, the degree to which that helped Iran, that that made the the, the volatility in the Middle East right now worse than it otherwise would be. Sure. Um, but, you know, uh, you also have him handing Israel's secrets to Russia. That's right. Um, and so these are not edge cases for Trump. We know that Trump was doing things with classified information while he was president that he should not have done. So but now Trump's argument, his this is literally his defense in the Florida case. He is saying, I just packed boxes and boxes of classified documents, willed them my own, walked out the front door of the White House. And if you don't like it, tough because I am immune. That is what he's arguing. He is arguing that he made those. And literally, there's a nuclear document in there that he made these 
highly secret documents his own by packing them up in boxes and taking them with him to Mar-a-Lago. So now we are at that edge case where Trump is arguing that at, while he was still president, he stole all of these classified documents. And so, you know, I, I think, again, I don't want to be charitable with the Supreme Court at all mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they should have taken this in December. They should have taken this, two, you know, three weeks ago. They should take this today. But I think there is a legitimate argument for them to fine tune the opinion that came out of the D.C. Circuit. Right now. But here's okay. So this dealing with uh, Trump and the documents and his defense, he's like, well, uh, you know, I could do it because I was president and I'm immune. They're also trying to say that what Joe Biden did, where he had some documents is equivalent. Right. And that that he should be prosecuted for this. Um, that's what the Robert Hur report was ostensibly about. But that and that said, there's no evidence to charge him. What he did was not so egregious. However, he's old and shouldn't, you know, doesn't shouldn't be president. And that that opened another whole can of worms. The Robert Hur report. So what's right. And and the Robert Hur. I mean, we all can argue that the Robert Hur was the, the Robert Hur report was improper, that it yes. violated DOJ guidelines. Um, and, and I even think it violated DOJ guidelines by entertaining the comparison. Like, it's not his business to weigh in about the case against Trump. It really right. isn't. It's a different um, issue. It's a different case. Right. But so I, I, you know, I have a lot of complaints about the Hur report, but because the Hur report um, was so awful in a way it makes it a lot harder for trump to make that argument you know in a way like robert her threw everything he could at, at joe biden and got nowhere with it and it really is distinguishable i think even alien cannon is going to see how it's distinguishable and also you know it came from a right-wing republican right. so the fact that a right-wing republican looked at look you know snooped through all of joe biden's diaries and said nope not the same I don't think that's proper, but I think it makes it a lot harder for Trump to make that argument in Florida. But they, he will anyway. So now well, just, he did anyway, but right. yeah, it, it's it just not. To. I mean, and, and understand like the, the hilarity of it. OK, it's not hilarious at all, is that Hunter Biden is making the same legal argument that he was uh, selectively and vindictive, vindictively prosecuted. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Trump has no evidence. Like his evidence is, as you said, this comparison with Biden, which is not comparable. His evidence is that there are uh, newspaper articles that quote Biden anonymously through his sources, not saying anything publicly, not trying to weigh on the case. Whereas Hunter Biden literally has Trump calling on the phone to Bill Barr, screaming at him. And then days later, uh, Robert Richard Donahue ordering that uh, David Weiss's team take this report that we now know was a fabrication. It's incredible. So now there is going to be a hearing with Robert Hur. Have you have you heard that they're calling him in? And I'm surprised that the Republicans would do that because they're the ones that convene these hearings. But they're going to bring him in for a hearing. This is going to be uh, fireworks, won't it? Oh, I think it will. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, he'll go and, and call Joe Biden a geezer. And say that he's just a, you know, he's an old man. He's not fit. And I think I think Democrats will hammer him for that. I mm-hmm. think Democrats will hammer him for snooping through Joe Biden's diaries. I hope that Democrats will also hammer him because, as I've shown, he was involved in forcing the cave out early to do Trump's bidding should never have been picked for that reason, because by the time he was picked, 
DOJ had already settled McCabe's lawsuit based on the fact that he was not given his due process and Robert Hur was was personally involved in that. And so I think that, um, that yeah, there are going to be fireworks. I think it'll be interesting. Um, Jim Jordan subpoenaed Garland for issues that actually should are only answerable by Brad Weinsheimer, who's this guy who's also in the thick. I, I wrote a I wrote a piece about that over last weekend about how I think the way in which Merrick Garland is overseeing uh, special counsels is like navel gazing because they've got this guy who is the top career official in DOJ and he's in charge. But that means when, say, Hunter Biden's attorneys go appeal to him, Brad Weinsheimer, um, Brad Weinsheimer is basically hearing an appeal of actions that he has already been part of. So there's no outside appeal process. The same you know, I, I have reason to believe that the same happened with Joe Biden. Uh, the same happened with some of the Durham investigation problems. Um, and so you've effectively got the guy who's supposed to be outside ensuring the integrity of investigations, actually pre-approving these these aspects of the, the I mean, by comparison, just so people understand, like um, the Mueller investigation was overseen by Robert Hur, And um, and. Um, Gosh, his name is Ed O'Callaghan, right? So okay. Robert Hur at least was a respected prosecutor. Ed O'Callaghan, people, old people like you and I may remember, was in charge of babysitting Sarah Palin when she was um, McCain's vice presidential candidate. Um, and so he's a he's a fire breathing partisan. Those are the people that oversee Robert Mueller. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas now somebody in a very different position is overseeing, as far as we know, at least the Hunter Biden investigation and probably the other special counsel investigations. And it, you know, it just I, th- I can see why it would appeal to Merrick Garland, but it just structurally doesn't work. Right. But the difference is that d- during the uh, the Mueller investigation, uh, Trump was in the White House. Right. So it was a, a Republican led Department of Justice. Now <laughs> Biden's in the White House. It is allegedly a Democratic Party led DOJ. But Merrick Garland is um, he, he he's not partisan like Bill Barr was. Uh, in fact, it seems to me that he sort of uh, goes the extra mile to appear to be fair, thus uh, uh, putting Robert Hur on this investigation. I mean, am I wrong? But, there? Yeah. And 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 I and particularly on special counsels, I completely agree with people who are who are very frustrated with the way Merrick Garland runs these things. And I think that uh, it, uh, that his special counsels have been particularly prone to ethical problems. Mm. And I think like I made an argument last week that there are structural reasons for it, because he, he bent over so far backward to have somebody who couldn't be deemed partisan overseeing these investigations, that there is nobody ethical overseeing the ethics of it. There's nobody who could take action when these special counsels uh, violate the justice manual, as I think Democrats will argue that Robert Hurd did, because the person who normally would do that is inside the tent. Now, I'm absolutely sympathetic with people's arguments about Merrick Garland on this point. I, you know, I've written more than anybody about the problems with his special counsels. Mm-hmm. Um, however, given that he did that, that makes it far, far less likely that Trump's arguments in Florida are going to succeed, right? Like, had had um, Lisa Monica's top political appointment appointee been overseeing these cases, Trump might have an argument to make. Right. Or they were biased but, against me. Right. Right. They're biased against me and they're trying to get their boss elected. Now there's just 
no structural way you can make that argument. Um, will Aileen Cannon buy it anyway? <laughs> Possible, but it's just so absurd given how far backward, you know, bending over backwards Merrick Garland has gone. So it may, in the end, preserve the Trump uh, cases when otherwise they, you know, they would be more susceptible to challenge. Right. Uh, I hear you. So, uh, by the way, as we're speaking, I don't know if the hearing is still going on in Florida. I just pulled up a, a news stream to see what's there and, and what's on the screen on MSNBC right now. The trials of Donald Trump. And it has, you know, March 25th, New York hush money trial, March 25th, $454 million Trump judgment due. Uh, week of April 22nd, Supreme Court, Trump immunity claim. And then it has May 20th, <clears throat> classified documents trial, delayed. August 5th, Georgia election trial, delayed. November 5th, you know, uh, election day. So all this is going on. We're waiting uh, to get uh, today. Will we know what the Florida trial date will be, or she's just doing the hearing today. And then I, I'm looking at an update from Anna Bauer uh -huh. uh, from Lawfare, who's in the courtroom. And she wrote update from Fort Pierce. Judge Cannon did not set a trial date for the classified documents case during the morning session of the scheduling conference, but she told prosecutors for the special counsel that their proposed July trial date is unrealistic. <laughs> she carries on. Here's the big news, though. The special counsel's office explicitly took the position that's what no, what's known as the 60-day rule, a policy in which the Justice Department avoids taking investigative steps close to an election, does not apply to cases that have already been charged. Oh, now, ultimately, okay. it's Aileen Cannon's decision whether she would respond, whether she would respect that 60-day rule. I knew there was no chance that they were going to go to trial in July I'd be surprised if she even set, set a trial date in August, like Trump had suggested, just because given her prior schedule, I think she's got six months from last week of activity. So okay. it would be the end of August if you take that six-month time period or the very beginning of September. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hannon uh, set an early September trial date, and then you're in a position where Cannon is scheduled for early September that's a six week, although Trump says two months trial um, that may bump the January 6th trial beyond the beyond the election. So well, that's right. You know, like I think there is a very good chance you will have one federal trial, at least one federal trial during that 60 day window. So while Trump is trying to run for president, I think there is a very good chance one of his federal cases will be in trial, which means he's got to be there every day. Wow. Um, we just don't know which one it is. Um, I honestly think that the Florida case is more scandalous because it's there's no hint of partisanship. Right. Like right, This is right. just Donald Trump decided to steal 32 classified top secret classified documents. Just that's what he's claiming. I decided to steal it. And when DOJ came to ask for them back, Unlike Joe Biden, you know, I refused. I went through all sorts of ho hoops to refuse. That's so right. um, that one is the l less partisan. And if it goes according to the way trials normally do, um, it, you know, they also couldn't say that it was a partisan judge, a partisan jury, because it's Florida, right? It's this is this is Donald <laughs> Trump's neighborhood. Yes, it is. That no. said, I think Aileen Cannon is inexperienced. She's a loose cannon. Sorry for the, you know, so. I would rather have the chicken one go. And I also think the chicken one, like I think in the chicken one, prosecutors are going to argue that Trump basically conspired with the Proud Boys. Yeah. They're going to have this super cool exhibit where 
they show that when Trump ordered people to walk to the Capitol, um, they will be able to prove that upwards of 10,000 people walked to the Capitol on his orders. Right. And they'll do it with this cool, um, it's geofencing, so it's a security nightmare. But like, um, basically what they've done is they've, they have a list of all the phones that were in the restricted area outside of the Capitol. And they've then gone back and shown which of those phones were at the ellipse. Wow. And so it's going to be like this lit exhibit where you see 10,000 people walk in response to Trump's order to go to attack go to the, the Capitol. Capitol. And that's going to be pretty awesome. And then it's going to become available because it'll be listed as an exhibit, you know? Um, so if I had my, my choice, I would say chicken ghost, but um, that's, that's what I think is realistic. I think one case will go, the other case, you know, may go between after the election. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously, as, as, as noted, we have the, um, the Stormy Daniels election interference right. case starting later this month. Yes. So he'll be off the trail then. And and I, I've said this, I said this a long time ago, and it remains true. Um, people are still furious that people like Rudy Giuliani have not been charged. Yes. Uh, Roger Stone, if he could be. Um, uh, John Eastman, if he could be. You know, so people are still saying, why hasn't anyone else been charged? And it is generally assumed the reason those people haven't been charged is because uh, because. Jack Smith has been focusing his attention on getting Trump to trial quickly. Wisely. Right. Like I think we right. all would like him to get to trial. And I think there are at least two people on Jack Smith's team who know why why Mueller failed. Right. So they they learned some lessons from Mueller and they may be overcompensating here. But Jack Smith still has options. Like, you know, if he decides that he's not going to be able to make his January 6th case before the election, he can start charging the larger conspiracy. He can charge 20 people Good. in the conspiracy right. and say, here's all the things that he did. Here are the people that Donald Trump conspired with. So, you know, I, you know, or for example, assuming that I'm not making shite up, if I'm right, that when Jack Smith said, I want you to go big, I want you to tell me whether I can charge the president, the former president, uh, with abusing his pardon power, for example, then you could see more charges out of Jack Smith if a decision coming out of SCOTUS permitted it. So I'm not saying any of those things will happen. Right. Uh, you know, the, the cautious thing to do is still to keep the surface area small. I mean, I you know, again, I think a lot of the frustrations about Merrick Garland with respect to the January 6th investigation were about keeping the surface area as small as possible so Trump couldn't do some of the things he did with Mueller. Um, It has led to a lot of frustration among people hoping to see something visible, Mm -hmm. right? So we Mm -hmm. didn't see the the speaking indictment of Paul Manafort. We didn't see the speaking indictment of Roger Stone. We didn't see all those other speaking indictments. Um, This is is another approach. But Jack Smith does have tools to alter that approach between now and the election if he so chooses. Got it. Now, Marcy Wheeler, I do do want to back up for a second and talk about this so-called 60-day rule, which that's it's not a law. It's a DOJ rule that um, that uh, uh, what's his name? The the former FBI director. I'm drawing a blank on his name, probably because I out of sight, out of mind. Um, It it violated himself when he brought he held the press conference. Comey, uh, Comey, right. When he held the press conference, uh, casting new aspersions and allegations against Hillary Clinton just days before the election. Many people uh, 
believe that that was the thing that tipped the the election in Donald Trump's favor. The same way that the the DOJ rule that says a sitting president can't be indicted, that's not a law either. That was never decided by the Supreme Court. That was never codified, but it's it was a I think a notation by a clerk that that they take it to be policy. Um, it's also an OLC opinion. So the you know the kind of interior uh, advisors for the for the executive branch have said you can't do it for X, Y, and Z reasons. Uh, you got to impeach him first to get him out of office. Um, so there, they th- those rules come from different places. But again, the Paul Manafort precedent suggested that even DOJ doesn't believe in that sixty day rule. If somebody's in trial, they're gonna they're gonna remain on trial. Right. And Jack Smith is not approaching. You know, now it's you know I wouldn't be surprised if Cannon delayed until after the election. I, I, Chicken could too, right? Like the thing about lefty appointed judges is they tend to be namby pambies, and they're like, well, due process says X, Y, and Z. I mean, like, um, and and that's fair. Like, we, right. I, I'd rather have the lefty appointed judges who re, you know protect the rights of everyone rather than these authoritarians who don't protect the rights of anybody. But, um. Again, I think that it's likely that one of these two trials, but only one of the trials, will go to trial before the election. That's what I and 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 again, I think it's likely that means Donald Trump is going to be off the election trail during that period leading up to the election. Oh, what a shame. Now, now one other thing that you pointed out, I think, on Twitter is that that's that's what the Trump camp is shooting for. Their attorneys are saying that, quote, a fair trial cannot be held until after the 2024 presidential presidential election is concluded. And you tweeted about this. You said Trump's proposed schedule says it might lead voters not to vote for him if they had a verdict saying he intentionally stole boxes and boxes of classified documents, which, as you say, is his defense. Right. And I mean, th- they are saying that this could affect the election. They are saying that if we know the truth about Donald <laughs> Trump, he would lose. a lot of people wouldn't vote for him. And we know that's the case. We know that from polling. We know that there are a certain number of Republicans and, and a lot of swing voters who have said, if Donald Trump is convicted of a felony uh-huh. before the election, then I will not vote for him. And um, you know, we still don't know what will happen in New York. That's, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, argue that's the that's the less persuasive case. It's the one that's easiest to pitch as kind of a, a hit job, although, of course, it's what Michael Cohen went to jail for. That's right. And, it you know, it was the only reason it's coming so late is because Bill Barr interfered and prevented uh, SDNY from prosecuting Trump or pursuing the Trump investigation on it. So, um, so, you know. Donald Trump doesn't want people to know who he is. He has been uh, surfing this wave of grievance since his first indictment. Mm -hmm. And he wants to maintain the illusion that there's nothing to these charges. Um, If he were to be tried in Florida and be convicted in Florida, I think that would be incredibly persuasive to right wing voters because it's inexcusable to take, you know, the nuclear secrets and store them in your bathroom. Um, yeah. Uh, I, every time I say that now, I, I, know, I think of that, that Jasmine Crockett uh, clip. On you the know, shitter. These are the, the nuclear secrets. <laughs> in, in the shitter. In the shitter. Yes. That's one of the best oh, clips ever. Excellent. Um, 
Uh-huh. It was excellent. No, she, I, yeah. I really like her. She's, she's, she's a tough lady, but yeah, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta point this out. The feedback, Marcy Wheeler, that I hear most often from listeners about these Friday get togethers is amazement that you do this for an hour each week. And you are able to answer whatever questions I throw at you, names, dates, facts, without even consulting any notes. It's an incredible talent that you have that we're very grateful you share with us. Um, so, uh, all right. So we talked uh, Supreme Court, uh, uh, Eileen Cannon. Um, uh, let's let's go. Hunter to, Biden. We've got to do Biden. Biden. That's, that's next on my list. So Hunter Biden, was it yesterday? It was Wednesday. Finally went in for his deposition. Now, remember, he showed up before. Uh, originally, it was to be an open hearing and he said sure i'll do that and then they said no 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 we only want it behind closed doors well he showed up at at another um uh a hearing they were having when he wasn't supposed to testify and they all freaked his, out in his contempt hearing yeah. his contempt hearing and, but yesterday he did sit for the closed door deposition um they said they were going to release the transcripts right afterwards now i know i guess they were released but it wasn't immediate was it yeah, no, it came out uh, yesterday, my time, it came out maybe around 10 o'clock. So it came out at the end of the day yesterday. Okay. At the end of the day, East Coast time. And so a lot of people have read them. There's some hilarious bits in there. Like if you want to read the hilarious bits, just search on Matt Gates's name because <laughs> uh, Hunter Biden was not having it from Gates. Like Gates was like, were you on drugs? And Hunter Biden was like, you of all people should not be the one asking me about that. And then... Um, there was Gates asked him about the the um, the Delaware laptop, the laptop that got to the FBI. And he's like, I, you know, I don't think I brought a laptop there. If I had brought a laptop to be fixed in Delaware, I would have brought it to the largest Apple store in the U.S., right. which is seven minutes from my parents home. Uh, and so, and no, not, I don't think not I brought to a blind there. computer repairman. Yeah, right. Uh, right. So, um, you know, he did not. And and there were things that was one of them that Abby Lowell, Hunter Biden's uh, very good attorney. Um, oh, by the way, one of the other conflicts uh, and this involved James Comer, James Comer. Uh, <laughs> Hunter Biden kept bringing up Jared Kushner. And then there's, oh, this, there's this bit from Eric Swalwell where Eric Swalwell questions Hunter Biden says, does your dad own this luxury hotel uh, chain? Did he get money from China? Did he get, uh, does he have trademarks approved in China? Did he leave the White House and get $2 billion? So that's also something people should look for is that mm. Eric Swalwell clip. But um, so Hunter kept coming back to Jared. At, like at one point he's like, I never got money directly from a foreign government. Uh-huh. I'm not Jared Kushner. Yes. Um, and then there's a line where he brings up Jared Kushner in response to a question from James Comer. And Comer says, you have the same attorney. Like he, Comer sort of pretends he's going to investigate Jared Kushner. Of course, that's <laughs> bullshit. But then he says, you have the same attorney. Because remember, Abby Lowell represented Jared Kushner for the Mueller investigation. Okay. And Abby Lowell got pissed. Abby Lowell was like, that is incorrect. I represented him for that stupid investigation about Russian interference. And uh, I do not represent him on this stuff, and it's a different case. And so I got pissed about that. But um, so there's this subtext of comparison between um, Hunter Biden and Jared Kushner. And then um, uh, um, the Matt Gates thing, Matt Gates, uh, Andy Gibbs tries to get some some uh, some hits in. Um, 
there was I actually showed the Andy that um Andy Biggs. Biggs, right. Biggs, right. Sorry. Gibbs, now I'm screwing BGs. up Arizona. That's okay. Right. Yeah. BGs um, Andy and, Biggs yeah. yes. tried to take Hunter Biden's confusion about like Hunter Biden was reading from his book. He's like, I'm not sure whether this is 2013 or 2014. Right. Here's what happened to Bo at the time. And and far later, two hours later, Andy Biggs goes back to that and he says, Well, you couldn't you couldn't even remember what date that was, this date to, to China. And he was trying to use it to say that Hunter Biden, because he couldn't remember the date he went to China, his his assurances that he did not make a call for Mikola Zoteski from a board meeting in Dubai or somewhere, I forget where it was, um, Cyprus maybe, I don't know. But anyway, so that, that he did not make a call to his father in 2014 or 2015 with Zoteski. And, but it was remarkable because um, it's probably very similar to what happened in the Robert Herr transcript, which is that, you know, the Biden men, so much of their life in this period where where Bo was sick, that trauma was how they how they their signposts for their life. Right. Right. Um, that's that's and, the, the, and, right. The and Hunter was markers. like, I, 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 you know, fell back into addiction in response to the Bo Biden death. I did this in response to Bo Biden, this with Bo. And um, and so it was a moment like that where Hunter's like, let me remember when I learned about Bo's tumor and got confused. Right. And of course, he's 54, mm-hmm. had a birthday last month. He's 54. He's his dad's 81. And I, you know, it's it's going to be the same thing because that's how people respond when they're thinking through these these signposts of grief. Yes. Um, and Andy Biggs was trying to make it a big gotcha. And I was like, this is exactly what we're going to, you know, when we eventually get the Robert Herr transcript, it's going to look exactly like this, where he's like, let me figure out when Bo died, because that's how I remember these things and then getting confused because that's what happens. Anyway, so that was interesting. Um, One of I I just uh, posted right before I hopped on. There's been this big conflict about a text that Hunter Biden allegedly sent uh, in June of 2017, where he was like, I'm sitting right next to my father and right. if you don't do business with me right now. <laughs> and from the beginning, Abby Lowell's like, you got the you got the guy wrong. Right. And and then between Republicans, like some Republicans were like, it's Henry Zhao. Other Republicans were like, it's Raymond Zhao. And what they said on Wednesday, what Hunter Biden said on Wednesday is that first text, the one that is the big scandal, he sent to the wrong Zhao. He sent to this guy, Henry Zhao, who's not involved at all. But the scandal of that is the IRS knows the phone. Like, I think that Hunter now knows this because he's gotten discovery in the two criminal cases against him. And so he looked at it and he was like, oh, fuck. I, you know, and he was swearing up a storm when he was <laughs> describing this on Wednesday. But he was like, oh, fuck, I sent it to the wrong Zhao. So this never got delivered to the Zhao with ties to CEFC. And yet it's been the most damning thing. You know, that doesn't mean that he wasn't thinking along those lines. He was trying to get rid of Tony Bobolinsky. Um, Hunter had a lot of nice things to say about Tony Bobolinsky as well, as you can well know. Oh, I'll bet. He had he only he only took one swipe at Alexander Smirnoff, but um <laughs> But uh, he did take a swipe at Gal Luft. You know, so he was attacking their attack, their, their investigation. Um, it's, the transcript is quite interesting. I mean, he basically kept saying, what does this have to do with my dad? And then at one point, Matt Gates was like, oh, this is a bribe, isn't it? And Hunter's like, what? No, there's no bribery here. Like, uh, Matt Gates beat him up because he paid for the... Uh, the shared phone line that they had in 2010. That's that's how desperate they got. 
It is crazy. And and when the uh, hearing was over and the Democrats on the committee, I believe this is the House Oversight Committee that held this hearing, went out to the microphones one after another, including Jasmine Crockett, we're all basically saying, you know, this is over. They need to step. When Smirnoff was was arrested, this should have ended. We're watching this, you know, whole case crumble. Not that there was a case before. So where do they go from here? Comer is still scheduling more hearings. Comer wants to bring Hunter in publicly. At this point, since Hunter has already complied, Hunter can delay that all he wants mm-hmm. until certain things, you know, like I, I've said this, but um, also last week, um, I'm going to say this 22nd, same day that Trump submitted his claim that he stole boxes and boxes of classified documents. And if you don't like it, screw you because he's immune. Um, on the 22nd, a judge in Delaware heard the lawsuit, the lawsuit and counter lawsuit between Hunter Biden and the blind computer repairman. And um, the blind computer repairman had dropped the argument that he legally did what he did. So at least according, there were only two reports from it, but at least according to one of the reports, they were like, they kind of dropped that argument. They gave up the argument that under Delaware law, you can start sending out your clients, your customers, computer stuff uh, with less than a year and less than notice. Um, But made an argument that the statutes of limitation have expired because Hunter should have sued by 2022, two years after uh, he learned about John Paul MacIsaac's role, but there's a there's a decent chance that I mean I I'm pretty confident that the judge is going to throw out John Paul MacIsaac's lawsuit against Hunter Biden, but I think there's a decent chance that the judge is going to come back and say you John Paul MacIsaac had no business sending out Hunter Biden's stuff, and then things are going to start snowballing as I keep saying because um, you know the, the 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 implications of that are rather important for. For the criminal case, both criminal cases for um, Hunter yesterday submitted his response to Garrett Ziegler suing him for hacking him. Um, And so that has a hearing this month as well. Um, So that, you know, things are beginning to change that I don't think most people, most, you know, I call them dick pic sniffers. Dick pic sniffers don't get this, right? Dick pic sniffers um, like I did a long piece this week about Ken Delaney and making an ass of himself, which <laughs> day with a Y. Okay, right. um, but Ken Delaney and like took uh, something that prosecutors in the Hunter Biden uh, gun case wrote back on January 13th that has been, um, you know, has been debunked over and over again. Like he said, oh, prosecutors said that they had validated the laptop. I'm like, no, what prosecutors said is five years after getting the laptop, they still don't know what's on it. They still do not have an index of what's on it. So they can't tell you that it wasn't tampered with. They can't, they don't know, you know, like they they said, we've got extra sources. We've got, you know, legitimate sources for all the stuff on the laptop. They can't. They're not even making that claim. Some of their most important evidence in the gun case comes from the laptop. Um, and then, you know, like what we know, like how did how did this text, this WhatsApp text sent to the wrong Zhao get sent? 
Well, the most logical is that Hunter Biden was in the throes of addiction and sent it to the wrong person. Like I've missent, you know, people. I get stuff sent to other people whose name begin with M.A. Yes. by people who are. I, a mess. I get all kinds of um, Nicole stuff. And right. so that's that's the most logical explanation. But it's not the only one because uh, WhatsApp texts are something that you can hack. Mm-hmm. You could hack in 2017. Uh, if you had access to a device that was hooked up to your WhatsApp, te- you know, case. So, um, and and I also have questions about how it actually got archived. So anyway, uh, the Hunter Biden case will get more interesting. We don't know what'll happen. It's he's still in a world of hurt, but he's through the deposition. Right. And he did reasonably well and had a bit of fun while he was doing it. Right. That's what I heard. Now I'm looking forward to this weekend, hopefully spending some time in reading it. But the um, a, a question, did, did the subject of the dick pics come up? I mean, did he, I know he went off on a lot of people. He got the chance to sound off and uh, be kind of um, forceful at times. Did he even allude to, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene showing his dick pics uh, uh, in in a congr- an official congressional hearing. They did not come up explicitly. Marge was there, and there was some short exchange between them. And then later in the hearing, because she was like, "Oh, you got to follow the rules." And then later in the hearing, when uh, I forget whether it was Matt Gates or Andy Biggs was trying to go over time, uh, Abby Lowell was like, "Time's up. Rules are rules. That's <laughs> rules what Marge rules. says." And then they kept going. But, um, you know, Marge was not a big factor here. Matt Gates was the one who was the real, you know, there there were there were a couple of long discussions about his addiction. Um, people saying, what did, what service did you act, actually give to Burisma? There was a really interesting exchange between Hunter Biden and Sparts, who remembers Ukrainian. OK. And uh, and, you know, he was like, Let, let's work on this together. Let's work on fixing Ukraine together, because Hunter Biden's argument for working with Burisma is he wanted like he believed it was a way to push back against Russia. Um, one of the things that he successfully pushed back against was that the um, wife of the mayor of Moscow, who gave money to Devin Archer, um, they had tried to say that in giving money to Devin Archer, she had given money to Hunter Biden. And he was like, no, I had nothing to do with that document. I mean, there were moments in the hearing where um, and these these staffers who go nameless. Right. Every time you see the transcript, at least the Democratic staffers, most of the Republicans, but all the Democrats, they're they're redacted for their own safety. But, you know, after the first round, they got up and they said, OK, here's the bank documents that my colleague gave you. Oh, look. Here's a page they forgot to give you. And sure enough, the page they forgot to give you is the, the one that Devin is dispositive. Archer, right? They right. did that twice, you know. So those those um, staffers really do tremendous work at, like, staying on top of things and pushing back. And, you know, so it was pretty wild. Kind of a thankless job, too, the staffers. They they don't get paid very much. And they work uh, long hours. And they're, they're sort of the unsung heroes. Um, just yeah, but you know what I've got to say is, um, and I said this, Remember, I I got a look at the Scott Brady transcript months and months ago, and I've been screaming about it ever since. Right. So the the Alexander Smirnoff thing, yes, it was a surprise to me, but the rest of it was not a surprise to me. It was an effort to frame Joe Biden. And I've been arguing that from for, for months. But like in that transcript and that one's available, too. So that that one is it's in my mind as good a read as the Hunter Biden one. Really? It's just more corrupt. 
But the Democratic staffers in there are Democratic staffers who were Nadler staffers back in 2020 when he first sniffed this out in the first place. Right. So, you know, for the like kudos to them. And they made the most of that hearing. They like lured in Scott Brady over hours and then like two and a half hours into the hearing, they finally got him to admit what he had, you know, fibbed about, shall we say, at the very beginning of the hearing. So, you know, I think at moments like that, it's probably really worth it because like they knew that stuff as well as anybody. And they really laid it out. And um, for those who haven't seen it, Jerry Nadler sent a referral to Michael Horowitz to investigate Scott Brady. Did Scott Brady misrepresent things to Congress and lead them to believe that the 1023 was was um, had been validated and would have not. So that'll be that, you know, interesting stuff. Got it. Um, it, What is the latest on Smirnov? He's he was rearrested because they determined he's a flight risk. So they wanted him uh, behind bars. So is he scheduled for a a trial? What's the deal? Yeah. So his trial is scheduled right now for April. I'd be shocked if that held. But he's also appealing his detention. So he has appealed to the Ninth Circuit his detention. And it's actually it's not as cut a case as I think a lot of people want it to be because it's just, you know, it's just a false false statements case. And by the time his trial rolls around in April, oftentimes that's the kind of sentence that you get for these charges is those those uh, two, three months. So right. it's, you know, um, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if DOJ supersedes. Wall Street Journal has a really good story about him today. Um, that that's, I think, deeply researched, but also ties him to a guy who has ties to Rudy Giuliani. One of the things we don't know, uh, and if anybody reads the the Scott Brady transcript, you'll see it. Scott, you know, Brady is asked, how did you find the 1023? He's like, oh, I searched on Hunter Biden and Burisma. And Democrats are like, oh, did you? Because that's sort of just what Donald Trump asked for from Zelensky. That sure seems, you know, makes this look really corrupt. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I didn't search on Hunter Biden Prisma. I searched on, I'm not really sure. I searched uh-huh. on, you know, so it's, it's bullshit, right? Um, so there's another reason that he knew to go look for this transcript and he knew to go do an interview with Smirnov. And my suspicion is that somebody with ties to Rudy and there's reason to believe it's in Florida. Smirnoff's cousin is in Florida, but there's this other guy who's totally corrupt, who has ties to Rudy Giuliani back to the Brighton Beach days. That guy was in touch with Smirnoff going back to 2019. And so that guy is a likely source for Rudy Giuliani and a likely source to say Smirnoff says he's got this information. Um, so that's my guess of what of how it came, you know, something like that. But anyway, read the Wall Street Journal article. It's pretty good. Okay, and 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 regarding one more thing on on um, Smirnoff, I mean the line from Jamie Raskin and Dan Goldman and all the other Democrats part of this, they said once once Smirnoff was exposed as just making all this shit up, that should be the end of the Biden impeachment inquiry. Um, but it isn't. They're they're still moving forward with this. Do they- well, look, they never had any evidence. So the fact no. that one after another piece of evidence gets debunked isn't going to sway them. You know, <laughs> their job is to do what Donald Trump tells them to do. And what Donald Trump has told them to do is to dirty up Joe Biden. What they don't like, even Newsmax yesterday, like, you know, Fox uh, Ducey has always been saying, you guys have nothing, right? right? So Ducey's been making fun of James Comer all along, and slowly more Fox News personalities are like, are you, I mean, even Mar- uh, Bartiromo the other day was really? sort of like, you know, what? you don't actually have any evidence, do you? Like, if she's saying you don't have evidence, 
you're in trouble. Now even Newsmax is saying you don't have evidence. And I think these people are going to keep going on, you know, on autopilot because they don't have anything else to do. It's how James Comer thinks he's going to run for Senate uh, to replace McConnell in two years. Um, And so they're (laughs) going to keep going and they're going to look stupider and stupider and stupider. Uh, And then eventually, hopefully people will start looking into this Scott Brady transcript and realizing it's about Rudy Giuliani. It's about Trump's corruption. Trump literally tried to frame Joe Biden. And that is what they are trying to. That's that's the raw material they're using for this impeachment is Trump's and Bill Barr's and Scott Brady's effort to 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 frame Joe Biden in 2020. Oh, my God. There's there's so much there's so much more that we haven't even had time to get to. And we're just about at the end of the hour, Marcy, Um, from, uh, you know, no matter where you look, um, Going on today in Russia, they're burying Alexei Navalny. Um, so, you know, that's a whole other thing. And you got uh, Trump um, basically saying, well, his whole thing on on NATO, um, if they don't pay up, you know, Russia, you should go attack them all. Th- th- these battle lines are getting wider and wider. It's uh, it's really ugly. And I, and I don't understand um, I saw Glenn Greenwald is is sniping at you again. Um, ah, uh, Glenn. Yeah, what a charmer and <laughs> and lying. I have to say he's lying, but that's I actually love that he is like he's he's just recently turned back to beating up on me, and and at this point it's so comical because he's been so discredited and he's like so desperate to turn the fact that I went to the FBI years and years ago into something that it's not. And and I get why he's doing it. And we're both, I think, at this point playing a game because I think he knows more about it than he's letting on. And, you know, I I obviously haven't come all the way clean about some of the things that went on. And it's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's funny because uh, I can say with great certainty that the FBI took what I told them quite seriously um, and did over a sustained period of time more mm-hmm. sustained period than I'd like to, uh, than I care to discuss, <laughs> but more than a year. Um, and, uh, and so it wasn't a frivolous thing and I would do it again. Uh, and I, you know, like Glenn really wants it to be something other than it is, but you know, Glenn at this point is doing nothing but propaganda for Vladimir Putin. Right. And it, it, it's astounding to me. I mean, where it's off subject, but, you know, there's a th- th- that whole Greenwald camp that, you know, Matt Taibbi. The tankies, you know, right, that, yeah. that, I, I've often said that, you know, these people were uh, so far, they went so far to the left, they came out on the right. Um, David Swanson is one of that group. And uh, the last time I ever spoke to him, you know, I mentioned something about Navalny and he started bad mouthing Navalny. And, and look, now the guy's dead. The opposition gets killed over there. And this is what Trump uh, wants to t- where he wants to take us. And I, I just I'm still blown away that uh, this election will be close. Uh, it, well, it, right now it looks like it's going to be close. I think there's a decent chance it's not going to be close. I think there's a decent chance things will snowball. I think that there's a decent I mean, like, look. The IVF stuff, right? Yes. Like Republicans refuse to say that uh, couples who want to have children can't use IVF because, right. you know, 
frozen babies. Because an embryo is a Um, child. They are going after birth control. And when they start going after birth control, I mean, you're already seeing women turning against them in large numbers, and you're going to see women turn against them in even larger numbers. Um, So I, you know, I, it's too early to say what the election is going to look like because we've never had an election like this. Yeah. No, I, uh, but uh, all bets are off and, and uh, everyone's got to be diligent in their voting. Make sure you're registered. Do it now because, you know, they purge voter rolls and all that. Marcy Wheeler, we could go on for hours, but uh, it's time. I will let you go. We'll pick up again next week. Uh, I, anything big that we know is coming up this coming week? No, but I'm sure there's <laughs> something <laughs> Brace yourselves because it's coming. Marcy Wheeler, find her at emptywheel.net. Uh, it's my honor to host her here every Friday. And um, and I, I thank you profusely. Always fun. For me too. All right. I'll talk to you next week. With that, we're done. See you Monday. Monday uh, when we do the fucking news. Jonathan Larson, who does the fucking news, is here every Monday. Makes my Mondays a lot easier because he fills us in on what's going on. All right. Marcy, talk to you then. Uh, next week. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Peace out.